Hello, everybody. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to let you know that I am having a spring celebration sale on my CCRN. So right now you can buy my CCRN online program for $199. There is no code needed. You can just head over to my website at khoppypresents.com or use the link that I've provided in the description. And it is already marked down to $199 in celebration of spring. This online program is worth 30 continuing education hours, 24 7 365 lifetime access, and you'll also be getting periodic updates as they're available. So I just wanted to let you know and enjoy the podcast. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of the CCRN Review podcast series. My name is Kay Hoppy. For those of you that don't know me, I welcome you here. We have uh, 21 episodes prior to now, and we are now entering into the respiratory system. So uh, for those of you that have been following along this podcast series, welcome back for another podcast. I have to start out by saying and apologizing that I have not been podcasting for a while here because I have been spending a lot of time focusing on getting my online CCRN review course ready to launch. My target launch for this CCRN review online is the end of February, early March of 2022. I'm waiting on accreditation for this program. I am anticipating offering 30 continuing education hours that are board approved. So I'm waiting on that approval. And as I said, it will be online and it includes fully illustrated um, note-taking guide, fully illustrated slides with me lecturing in the background. And also it includes a mock CCRN exam. The cost for this program is going to be $249. And you can find out the exact launch date in a couple of ways. You can follow along on my website, which is khoppypresents.com where you can actually, at this point, if you go to my website, you can pick up a free basic rhythm analysis cheat sheet just by uh, going to my website and joining my email community. Anyway, that's where it will be announced. If you are a subscriber, an email subscriber, you will also receive an email as to the specific launch date. So I hope this is something that might interest you. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me. You can contact me on my website or you can email me at k at khoppypresents.com. So podcast episode 22 is dedicated to just reviewing some terms regarding the respiratory system that you will find on your exam. Now, it seems kind of strange to be thinking about reviewing some respiratory terms, but as we get into this, you'll pretty much feel as though maybe you haven't heard these terms since nursing school. 
They're very commonly on the exam, so I thought they were definitely worthy of a short review. The first term is frematis, vocal frematis. So what is that exactly? Well, basically, you learned about it in nursing school, and basically you use palpation and also the patient's speaking in order to assess for this. So while palpating the chest wall with the ball of your hand, you ask the patient to say 99, 99. And that's simply because 99 is a very resonant tone. What you are assessing for is you are assessing for the presence of frematis, vocal frematis. It should feel like a vibratory sensation against the ball of your hand, and it should be felt bilaterally equally. Now, what you'll need to know is what conditions cause an increase or a decrease in vocal frematis. So, First of all, you can just normally feel an increase in vocal frematis over the large airways. So over, say, the tracheobronchial uh, area. But in pathologic conditions, we can feel increased vocal frematis over areas of tissue consolidation. So that would be things like atelectasis, pneumonia, and then also conditions like tumor, pulmonary fibrotic disease, and pulmonary infarction. Things that will decrease vocal frematis include somebody that has a very thick chest wall, bronchial obstruction, pleural effusion, along with that pleural thickening, a patient with a pneumothorax. So maybe they would give you a story problem that had to do with a patient with a pneumothorax. They would have decreased vocal frematis. And along with that, somebody with emphysema would have decreased vocal frematis. So a couple of other definitions related to frematis include pleural friction frematis, which is a grating sensation that occurs with pleural inflammation and ronchal frematis. And I can bet you, you have felt that where if somebody has a whole lot of secretions in the large airways, you can feel the vibratory sense when you palpate the chest. Now, moving onward, let's talk about chest percussion. This is invariably on the exam as part of a story problem. And the first thing that you need to know is that the normal percussion note that you hear over the lungs is called resonance. That is the normal percussion note. Now, hyperresonance is going to be heard upon percussion in patients that have asthma or emphysema or pneumothorax. So basically what we are looking at here, the common thread between the three of those is where you have somebody with trapped air, hyperinflated uh, lungs, for example. Dullness, we will percuss in atelectasis, pneumonia, and tumor. And we'll hear a very flat type of percussion note in a patient with pleural effusion. Now, as I said, these are going to be part, a part of a story problem of a patient presenting with 
uh, an underlying pathology. Breath sounds, we have to go over those. So let's first talk about bronchial breath sounds. Bronchial breath sounds are heard pretty much equally on inspiration and expiration. They're called tubular sounds. They're high-pitched and hollow. Now, the thing that you have to keep in mind is that over the trachea and bronchi, those are considered to be pretty normal sounds. But if you hear bronchial breath sounds located anywhere else, that is a clinical indicator of tissue consolidation like atelectasis or pneumonia. So this, for example, could be part of a case scenario of a patient on a ventilator that you are auscultating and you notice in the lower left lung lobe that you hear hollow tubular bronchial breath sounds. What you should surmise from that is the fact that the patient has tissue consolidation like atelectasis or pneumonia. And so now you should suspect that you could have a patient with ventilator-associated pneumonia. Bronchovesicular, bronchovesicular, heard again equally well on inspiration and expiration. They're kind of medium pitch. They are heard over the left and right uh, bronchi. And then finally, we have vesicular breath sounds. Vesicular breath sounds are heard throughout the remainder of the lung periphery. They're low pitched, they're soft, they are heard best on inspiration with only a very short expiratory phase. So those are vesicular breath sounds. So now we need to talk about, get into some voice sounds. Now again, some of these terms you haven't heard since nursing school, I would guess. And so we have to go over those because these certainly can be part of the assessment of a story problem, if you will, on the exam. Let's first talk about bronchophony, because when we talk about the spoken voice sounds, they consist of bronchophony, egophony, and whispered pectoriloquy, all of which, like I said, maybe you haven't even ever heard about them in your life, or it has been a long time since nursing school where you heard them last. The principle is that tissue consolidation will transmit voice sounds better. So let's talk bronchophony first. We hear an increase in clarity of spoken sounds. So basically we are taking our stethoscope and we are listening over the chest wall. All the while we're having the patient say 99, 99, That's because 99 is a resonant tone. And what we hear over the area of tissue consolidation, like pneumonia, we hear an increase in clarity of the spoken sounds. So you you are over a a spot where all of a sudden the sound changes and it's more clear. You know that that's likely the area of tissue consolidation. Egophony, I hear pulmonologists use this all the time. And that is where they are listening once again with their stethoscope over the chest wall. And they're having the patient say, E, E, E. And normally the voice sounds are muffled. 
normally voice sounds are muffled. But what we hear when egophony is present is that we hear the e e e switch over to a a a over an area of tissue consolidation. So it's the conversion of e to a and it sounds more like a nasally sound. And again, another clinical indicator of tissue consolidation like pneumonia. Then we have whispered pectoriloquy. This is where we ask the patient to whisper 99, 99. And again, what we notice over the area of tissue consolidation, that 99 comes through louder and within, with increasing clarity. So you can see all three of these indicate underlying tissue consolidation. So you really only have to do one of them. And egophony, from my clinical experience, has been the one that's most commonly used. So this pretty much ends our review of respiratory terms. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope you'll be back for podcast 23, where we're going to get into talking about the oxyhemoglobin dissociation curve. Again, head over to my website at khoppypresents.com. Join me on Facebook where I do a CCRN kind of a question of the day, uh, which is turning out to be a lot of fun. I have a lot of people participating in that. So you're welcome to that as well. Have a blessed day and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.